Hello, it's good to be speaking with you again. Now, Tuesday marked the anniversary of lockdown, a year since we were first locked away in our homes, and a whole year since this. I was at a hospital the other night where I think there were, a few, there were actually a few coronavirus uh, patients, and I shook hands with everybody, uh, you'll be pleased to know, and, and I continue to shake hands, and uh, uh, I think it's very important that we, you know, people obviously can make up their own minds. I think the Matt has said that people must make up their own minds, but I think the scientific evidence is, well, I'll hand over to the, to, to the experts, but, but our, judgment, our judgment is wash. Uh, washing your hands is the crucial thing. Boris Johnson speaking during the early days of the pandemic there. And I think reflecting that uncertainty that we all felt, actually. You know, do we go to the pub? Do we go to restaurants? Do we shake hands? Uh, and we all just didn't really know what to do. But I think that clip will be played for years to come. And it is amazing to think how far... Um, or how much Boris Johnson, how much the government have changed since then. And I, I love the bit at the end with Patrick Valance, the chief scientific advisor, just saying, wash your hands, wash your hands. I mean, cutting edge scientific advice there from Patrick Valance. Um, but maybe, you know, probably sound advice. But it was also my birthday on Wednesday. So I spent some of this week looking back at birthday messages from last year and wondering something that maybe we've all thought this week and it's this am i just as naive about covid and its impact on our lives now as i was back in march 2020 when lockdown hit and i'll give you an example so on the 24th of march 2020 my birthday last year i sent a text to a mate that read hopefully see you soon when all this madness is over now, I also sent other messages that read, they kind of read along similar lines, and they basically said, hopefully see you soon when all this blows over. Now, there is a naivety there, isn't there, in the sense, you know, blowing over infers a natural passing, almost like a wind. And they did used to say, didn't they, that the war would be over by Christmas. Um, but I'll bring you forward to this year. Now, I responded to a birthday message saying, look forward to catching up in the summer. Now, again, implying that the summer will be, things, will be when things are starting to get back to normal or hopefully much more normal than they are now. Now, as I sent that message, I thought back to the text last year and I have to say there was an element of self-doubt. I've been so confident that, you know, the summer is when we'll finally be back and we'll be doing so much more than we are now. But there was an element of self-doubt and I just thought, you're not falling for the same naivety again, are you? You know, what makes you so certain that you're right this time round when you were so wrong last time round? But I think I am right this time round and I don't think I'm falling for the same naivety. And the reason for that is simple and it's vaccines. Now, as many politicians have said recently, they are a tool in our armoury that we just didn't have this time last year. And I do think they are going to make the difference. You know, all the data on, on the main vaccines, the Pfizer vaccine, the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine, suggesting, you know, they're not only effective at preventing people going to hospital, but they're also very effective at pre preventing people dying with COVID. You know, there's some data actually recently come out from a US trial that showed the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine was 100% effective against um, severe disease. 
So they are the numbers are unbelievable. They are incredibly they are incredibly effective vaccines. But not only that, is the rollout of the vaccine in the UK is going so well. Just under 29 million people in the UK have had their first dose. And I just think it's been an extraordinary success so far. Touch wood, it continues. And I think these vaccines will bring the virus down to manageable levels and allow us to get on with our lives again. So after thinking all of that, I've come to the conclusion that thanks to the vaccine, when I say catch up in the summer, this time I really mean it. Anyway, we'll be talking a lot more about vaccines in this episode of What's the Story? This week on the show, we go across the channel and look at how the vaccine rollout is going in Europe. To start with, I'm going to give you the big picture. So here in the UK, as I've already mentioned, the vaccine rollout has been an immense success. Over 40% of the population have had their first dose, uh, which actually equates to over half of the adult population. In one day alone, on Saturday, 800,000 jabs were given, were administered, uh, and, and that is actually the equivalent of vaccinating the entire adult populations of Liverpool, Southampton and Oxford combined. So it, it's extraordinary, really. The picture in Europe, however, is a very different one. Now, for most countries in the European Union, yeah, remember those guys, <laughs> the proportion of their populations that have had the first dose is around 12 to 14 percent. Now, you may be thinking, well, why such a drastic difference? Well, supply has been one of the big issues. So it's a good time to point out that the European Union are in charge of buying vaccines on behalf of member states. So that comes under a vaccine scheme that's been set up. And one of the main accusations levelled at the European Union is that they're not being quick enough, they're not being nimble enough when it comes to the buying of vaccines. So they'd be much slower than the UK, for example, in coming to a deal with AstraZeneca. And therefore, when it comes to Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine supplies, the UK has actually been prioritised. Now, there's also been production and distribution issues with two of the other vaccines, two other big big vaccines, which is the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine and the Moderna vaccine. Um, And again, this has left European countries short of jabs. Today, French President Emmanuel Macron admitted that the EU lacked ambition over the vaccine programme, adding, as far as we're concerned, we didn't go fast enough, strong enough on this. So strong words from Macron there. And there is a feeling in the EU that strong action needs to be taken in order to deal with this vaccine supply crisis. One such action that's been talked about this week is a ban on vaccine exports to the UK. However, yesterday, European leaders stopped short of this, instead agreeing to toughen export controls rather than ban exports altogether. So that's really focusing on the vaccines that Europe can't or haven't been able to get their hands on so far. But there's also been issues around the vaccines that they do have um, and the vaccines that are ready to be rolled out. So there's been huge disruption, particularly around the rollout of the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine. um, And its safety and effectiveness, efficacy, has been called into question by European countries. So I'll give you some examples. Uh, A number of European countries initially refused to recommend the the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine uh, for use in people over 65 
Emmanuel Macron calling it quasi-ineffective among people over 65. So questions around its efficacy, particularly in that age group, but also questions around its safety. So this month, 13 European countries, including France, Germany, Italy and Spain, suspended the use of the Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine following reports that a small number of people developed blood clots after receiving the jab. Now, they've actually now refused the, uh, resumed the rollout uh, after the European Medicines Agency found that the uh, vaccine was safe and effective. But huge reputational damage has been caused to the Ox- Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine. And the damage, unfortunately, is actually there for all to see. So a recent poll finding that only a third of Germans and 23% of French respondents now consider that vaccine, the Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine, to be safe, which is, which is really concerning numbers. And, you know, that image problem that the vaccine has in Europe is, well, it only adds to the wider vaccine hesitancy, the anti-vax movement that is present across Europe and actually present here in the UK. And there is a fear that how many Europeans are actually going to be willing to come forward and take the jab Um, when it starts to be rolled out with much greater speed. But on to my interview for this week, and I realised that so far I've been talking as a Brit and giving you very much an outsider's perspective of Europe and their vaccine rollout. So now I think would be a great time to get to the very heart of the story and hear from a European. This week I spoke to Felipe, who is currently living in Freiburg, to find out how the vaccine crisis is playing out in Germany. Felipe, thank you for joining me all the way from Germany. How's it yeah. going? Pleasure to be here, Freddie. Thanks for having me. Well, no, it's, I mean, you are a truly international guest. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this next 20 minutes or so with you. Um, firstly, I just want to get into it. Can you give the listener a bit of a background in terms of where you are in life? Um, um, whereabouts you're, I've already introduced you living in Freiburg, but um, yeah, a bit of background into you. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm currently still living in Freiburg. I'm actually studying there economics. Um, about to start my last semester, so my last half year of studying, and then after that, hopefully getting into some um, good internships before considering um, a master's degree somewhere else, hopefully um, abroad. Um, but yeah, let's let's have a look what the situation allows me to do by then. Well, talking of the situation, situation yeah. in Europe particularly isn't looking too great at the moment. And we've been talking about the uh, quite slow vaccine ro- rollout in Europe. Now, one of the consequences of that is that lockdowns have been extended, restrictions have been extended. And that's certainly the case in Germany. Can you just give a quick reaction? How have Germans reacted to the news that, that your lockdown is to be extended until April the 18th? Um yeah it's it's not too great the reaction hasn't been too great i mean um i've been asking my friends around recently again just discussing debating about the topic and the the main consensus is that most people are just angry and yeah growing in doubt in the leadership and decision making um in the people in charge because um it's always these little bits of extra time of lockdown they're adding without a certain agenda so right now it 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 seems a bit like an excuse, like just hold on two minutes uh, or two weeks longer and then we'll be fine. But everyone knows that's just not going to be the case. So um, I think people would be fine if there was another two or three months 
of a hard, harsh lockdown and with, with harsh restrictions, but with an agenda and a goal to reach that the government has set and is openly pursuing and um, where, where people can follow the, the results that, that we should get bring in, like basically um, a successful rollout of the vaccine and just getting those numbers down. But that's not happened right now. And so before 2021, I think it was um, the minority, like the far right and the far left, that was very unhappy with lockdowns, obviously. I mean, they, right. they're obviously always a bit unhappy. But right now, in 2021, it's the majority of people. It's, it's the voters of the big party governing this country right now. And that shows a wow. yeah, almost dangerous lack of belief in, in our leadership. Yeah, because yeah. I did see there was a protest last weekend in, now forgive me if I pronounce this wrong, is it the city of Kassel? Um, Kassel, yeah, yeah. Kassel, yeah. Perfect. Very good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I, I did see there was a protest last weekend. 20,000 went to that protest. Does that reflect what you're saying in the sense this is really a general, quite a, uh, the opposition to lockdown is actually widespread in Germany? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it shows it's not a minority anymore. Um, I, I, I wouldn't call Germans um, lazy, but, but we're more cautious, I guess, when it comes to demonstration and everything. I think there's other countries where people uh, do go a lot faster on the streets just because they, yeah, it's a bit in the culture, but Germans are usually a bit more conform and everything. But 20,000 on the streets in times like these, that's, that's a huge number. And um, it's definitely, it's definitely reflecting the situation here quite well and the situation in Kassel. And um, yeah, it's a bit shocking to me as well that it's not going to help the situation right now um, towards, towards um, helping the virus to, to be contained. So we'll get, get on to the vaccine rollout itself. Now, I've got a stat here that about 10% of adults in Germany have had their first dose. Yeah. Which is, I guess, frustrating for you. But can you give, us, give the listener an idea of where, where's it all gone wrong and who do you blame for the failure so far? Oh, that's, yeah, it's a very good and quite difficult question because um, I, I think the opinions there vary. But for me, you could sum it up in probably three bullet points. Um, I guess, firstly, it's obviously up to the government and administrations that they're just trying to handle too much and too many aspects of the rollout. Um, I've, I've done some, obviously, research and looked at the news, and I've really liked that over year, over in England, um, where you are, um, there's, there's, more, there's more help towards um, yeah, helping the administrations, just helping to get the vaccine to the people. I mean, you could go to your general practitioner um, and get your doses there. It's not the case here. It's the administration's government that want everything happen in a very centralized um, manner and and way, and that's obviously taking a lot of organization and um, also studying economics. Um, yeah, as soon as the government trying to intervene and trying to handle economic stuff, it's it's not really going to help. So so we're not trying. We're not having the free market helping us there, and that's a big problem. Um, and that's just why we're struggling with deadlines and not getting stuff done. So I was adding that secondly, just probably a very German thing that we were trying to please everyone right now. So we're listening a bit too much left and right. What's what's happening? Obviously, the case with AstraZeneca that we had some minor difficulties there. A few a few people reacting very badly. 
um, which then just resulted in a blatant stop of the vaccine rollout entirely and having just doses lying around um, not getting not getting used properly and it was very hurtful to to our time plan to vaccine rollout and that's also a thing that happened in the past um, many times and has just happened right now and it's just we, we just can't afford to lose time there um, any thoughts on the EU? Is there any blame attached to the EU and how they've handled the vaccine rollout? Um, yes, we, we, we've used the EU a bit as a scapegoat um, last year. Because um, last year, we, we were as Germany, we were doing well, right? So, so we, we used the EU as a scapegoat that the negotiations with getting the vaccines was a bit too, was a bit too soft, a bit too econo economically... Um, um, in a, in a, a bit too economically motivated so getting it cheaply getting it to, to towards the right conditions while other countries like israel for example saw the situation right away and and um, understood it's not about the price of the vaccine it's about quantity and how how quickly you can administer that to the to the public um and so yeah we waited too long we bought too little we, we were negotiating around prices too much and therefore ended up with too little too little vaccine left and yeah, um, that that was last year. But now we've got the vaccine, even the and even the little bit of vaccine we've got, we still can't get that to the public. So, EU was yesterday. Nowadays, it's more the national government that's taking the blame and that people are angry with. And that anger, that anger you talk about. I mean, in the UK we our perception especially during the early days of the pandemic was that merkel and the german government were this steady ship very reliable uh, and had handled things very well can you give the listeners an indication of how much things have changed and and particularly angela merkel's reputation how damaged is is her image and her reputation um yeah, I mean, I mean, first of all, anger is, is a, anger is a strong word. I mean, not everyone's angry. I, I think disappointed is 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 a better word here. And then there's a few angry people. But um, back to your questions. Um, it feels like it's turned upside down, right? So we 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 look at England and Great Britain as as the primus of of vaccine rollouts that you just done so well. And um, Boris Johnson has turned this whole thing around just because he's. He's been very strict with his agenda recently, right? So, so he's just hold. He's just held his word. He, he's he's done what he promised, um, and he's always been very pr pragmatic and able to adapt to the situation. While um, in Germany, the the opposite happened. We we've gotten a lot stiffer in our decision making, a lot more inflexible. Um, we we listened less to to the experts because the experts have, have gotten into crossfire by the media. And uh, there was lots of controversial stuff happening there, which again is very, very unfortunate. But um, yeah, I guess politics were right now in Germany have been listening too much to to the wind blowing from from the public into different directions recently, and that that just resulted us being in a situation where we're right now where we just can't get anything done in time because um, we haven't set the basis that was so very important for for the vaccine rollout. And the basic structures there and so yeah it's it's, it's flipped pretty much upside down and um, everyone's looking to england a bit of a yeah jealous look over to you guys because yeah you've got the vaccine you're doing well we don't really we're not so 
yeah how, how do you see how do germans see the british right now is there is there that jealousy that you've you've just mentioned there is there also a an element of bad feeling after brexit what would you character the feeling towards the british <laughs> no <laughs> dare i say um, yeah yeah I, I, I mean for me not really i've i've always liked you guys so <laughs> but yeah I, I guess in general yeah it's the it, it could have been handled better and it, it could have yeah it's 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 probably been a bit disappointing because um germany has always seen england as a very fair player you know um england's always um stuck to the word and and always yeah also contributed to europe very fair in a in a very fair way you, you guys contributed you guys benefited from europe and um, then brexit happened which which is understandable. Every country should be should be able to make their own decision whether staying in the EU, contribute, contributing and receiving those benefits or not. Um, so that was perfectly fine. But then obviously, um, yeah, your, your leader Boris Johnson has he's put, pushed the agenda that Britain's got to go first, um, which again is in terms of um, getting getting over this vaccine rollout. It's it's understandable. You want to think first of the people in your country and take care of them, right? But just because Brexit's been so recently and England kind of still is a part of Europe, even if it's just geographically right now and being part of a better trade union, um, it's it's still a bit disappointing that it's gone from a working together spirit to a we're going to do our own thing and we don't care how, how much you guys come along or not. Um, that's been a bit of a quick step right now, or ra rapid development into that directions, and and I guess we we didn't think that you would go through with that in a in that way, and therefore yeah, there's a bit of jealousy, a bit of spite licking to England right now from the general public. Um, yeah, it felt like just pouring oil on the on the fire that's already there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean. I think, you know, those relations obviously are strained at the moment, but maybe they are just the early days, those kind of bumps in the road. And hopefully, you know, as, as, as everyone becomes more accustomed to the relationship with with Europe, I think um, I think that's only going to improve. But that is really interesting to hear yeah. uh, the German take there. And we've talked on the show already about vaccine hesitancy. So I want to bring it down to a real individual level. now. Yeah, yeah. There was a stat that about a, th uh, a poll that said a third of Germans, only a third of Germans actually think that the o Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine is safe. So a real problem with an image problem with that vaccine. Now, do you think Germany is suffering from a uh, suffering with a problem with vaccine hesitancy? And if so, why? You know, what's causing it? Um, it's. Yeah, first of all, yes, I think so. But I, I, I can't say for sure, because I just, it's just very, it, it's such a personal, uh, it's such a personal level um, where, where these stats, stats came come from. So I'm not sure how, how accurate these numbers actually are. But just by talking to some, some friends and also some um, older members of my family, for example, my great aunt, I, I definitely get it, the impression that there's a huge, um, yeah, I get I guess distrust or suspicion towards some vaccines like AstraZeneca, um, just because there was a minor scandal there that was really pushed by the media to seem like it was an extremely big thing, 
And so, a, do you think it, the media were at fault there? Um, partly, but I mean, th- their narrative hasn't hasn't supported hasn't supported the rollout at all. Definitely not. Um, I mean, it, prime example for that is also how just Western media reports on things that happens in in the East, in Russia, for example. It's just funny how people look at uh, Sputnik and see see a vaccine that's been developed by a highly communistic country that isn't very very good and and getting yeah being highly technological. Although they are in certain manners, they are. I mean, they 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 got the first rocket into space before America, didn't they? Right. So so for me, there's no reason to believe why their vaccine should be a lot worse than ours from BioNTech. But many people think so. It's I don't know if it's the Rocky films that left it, uh, left this impression. It's it's so funny. It's it's really it's really it's a it's a really emotional topic and. I, I guess just because many Germans are a bit more cautious, careful. Um, obviously, our, our engineering spirit has always been trying to perfect things and understanding understanding them fully. And just just because we don't do that right now with our vaccines, there's a huge there's a huge hesitancy and suspicion growing towards that from from those from those people that should be getting the vaccine early, the elderly. Um, that that have problems with with getting corona if if they get it the the, the risk groups um yeah and therefore we have some yeah major problems with the rollout there simply because when they don't want a wax vaccine it's difficult for our administrations to decide okay who's next so yeah yeah i did see, i did see somewhere that it was nicknamed the aldi vaccine have you heard of that? the aldi vaccine yeah yeah definitely a discounter aldi, vaccine aldi being the yeah. supermarket yeah, Aldi being one of the cheapest supermarkets. One yeah, of I was about to say, yeah. 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 So uh, yeah. where did that come yeah. from? Um, just for some, uh, yeah, just, just again from that <laughs> from that ridiculous, um, I guess, German German perceiving of 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 those of small scandals, where it's immediately straight down to Aldi. You, you've lost trust immediately. And it's funny because Aldi doesn't make bad products as well. No, I, cheap, I was about to say, but, Aldi over here are, yeah. like they're, they're amazing. Like, <laughs> they're decent, right? They're decent. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's just we, we, we just don't understand humor like you guys do. And then these things result into just absolute chaos where people try taking things just too seriously. And yeah, I guess yeah. that's what's happening right now. And it's resulted in a huge hesitancy. I mean, even people in my age very hesitant about taking the vaccine which i think is extremely selfish right it's you are really you're really slowing everyone down here not just yourself and government the economy um but yeah people don't care about that people like to be careful and selfish right now um the the abundance of media and everything that's been going around um around the vaccine has just been too much for people and i guess they're just Many, many people are right, shutting down right now and just say, all right, I'm just going to wait and hold on a bit longer and see how the situation develops. Yeah. Beyond the AstraZeneca vaccine, is there a problem with vaccine hesitancy more widely in Germany about any vaccine? Yeah, as, as I said, um, Sputnik, there, there's lots of suspicion towards that, lots of um, prejudice going on there. 
Obviously, people like the BioNTech vaccine because it's German-made. It was the first vaccine to be there. They just don't realize that it's one of the most complicated vaccines to store to store it right now. Um, I've read you got to keep it cold under 70 degrees before yeah. before being um, given to someone. So, yeah, it, we, we just don't think rational right now. It's it, it or, or, not, or not, not we as a majority, but, but there's too many people not thinking rational right now. And, and I can understand that because obviously the media has turned lots of things emotional. And um, yeah, but it's it's definitely a problem and it's disappointing to see for people like me who, who who've been up to date who 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 are trying to get things done um who, who are waiting for their appointment with the with the doctor or with the test center and yeah i it, i just lack a bit i just I don't understand it i just don't want to understand it so yeah well mate honestly i think for one thing i can really take out of this chat and i think listeners might also is that i think you have described the character of your nation very well especially when you talked about that perfectionist tendency and how that's impacted yeah your pandemic and your vaccine rollout and i think that's actually really interesting to think about um yeah definitely we we, we had this one president helmut kohl who united germany back then i'm i'm not sure if you remember you the, the name probably doesn't ring too many bells but might some um, and he, 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 he gave us a famous quote that says um, it's in a crisis where, where the true character of the individual shows. And um, right now that character of, of Germany hasn't been too, too good. It, 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 had as, it, it has its advantages. I mean, we, we were the first to, to, to get a vaccine, right? We, we were the first again to get a vaccine out. That's so nice. That's, it helped our reputation a lot. We, we started well. We started so well last year with, with the, with the pandemic where everyone understood the, re, the new restrictions and, and were, were um, very understanding of those regulations and rules. But now just because we're a bit too perfectionist in the way we're trying to solve this, it just takes too much time. We, we don't know how to delegate properly because we, we're leaving too much, um, too much to the state. And now it's just shown that we just played a slow card that's not paying off right now and therefore turned this whole thing a bit of uh, into a disadvantage towards more pragmatic approaches like Boris Johnson has taken right now. And yeah, that's, that's just kicking us, kicking us now, kicking us back. Yeah, yeah. But it is interesting to think, because I mean, you, you, when you think of Boris Johnson, his, I don't know if it's the same with you, but his reputation here is that he's this quite, well, can be described as maybe overly optimistic sometimes, but he really yeah, does. Yeah. At the end of the day, he shoots for the stars and incredibly ambitious. So that how that's actually played out into the vaccine rollout versus, say, Merkel, who you would describe as a bit more cautious, steady, as I've said earlier. Yeah. Just taking it down to those individual characters seems to have had a huge impact. But mate, honestly, a great, as I said, great chat with you. And I want to end talking about a bit more about you and a bit more about where your family lives. So your family live in Stuttgart. Yeah, near Stuttgart. Yeah. Stuttgart. Can you give the listener a quick guide to Stuttgart and why they should visit Stuttgart? <laughs> um... <laughs> It's 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 been it's been a longer time since I've been actually around Stuttgart just because because of Corona <laughs> yeah, and because yeah. um, I've spent spending most of my time in Freiburg right now. But yes, yeah, 
I mean, it's it's one of the hearts of the automotive industry in Germany, obviously. And we, we've got the Mercedes um, main um, seat in Stuttgart and the production. We, we've got Porsche as well. So um, if, if you go to Stuttgart, definitely give those two those two factories and their respective museums a visit. Um, it just show, goes to show where our strengths lie and where, where we rise and shine in, in terms of technology, in terms of our cars. Um, and then probably, yeah, shopping is difficult right now <laughs> on, on the Königstraße. Um, but yeah, if you visit, go to go to these museums and, and have a go, have a go at the countryside around the city. And there's some very beautiful mountains around it or, or rather hills you, you can hike on and just, yeah, enjoy the free air whilst you can in these times. Um, and yeah, stay safe, I guess. <laughs> you sold it to me. You sold it to me. I'm going. And when we can finally travel again, we're off to Germany, mate. It sounds honestly, it sounds brilliant. Thank I'll you. Be you I'll be your Sorry, Felipe. Really, really, really love that. Thanks for having me on, Freddie. Thank you so much. So there you have it. If you like walking, if you like your cars, get yourself to Stuttgart, get yourself to Germany. Uh, but I am actually really glad that Felipe ended our chat talking about all the things Germany are great at. Because as you can tell, it has been a very difficult, frustrating start to their vaccine rollout. Um, and one thing I took away from that chat is actually about the character of a nation and how that's come to define their vaccine rollout. You've got the real contrast, haven't you, between the optimism and Olympic spirit here that, that, that has come to define our vaccine rollout versus the sort of caution and, and perfectionism in Germany. And, and I think just zooming in on that character and how it's impacted the decisions that government make and the decisions that individual citizens make is, is a really interesting takeaway. But despite a difficult start, there is a sense in Germany, and Felipe mentioned, to, mentioned this to me after our interview, um, there is a sense that the government are starting to get their act together um, and there is a hope that by June, um, Germany will be rolling out 10 million jabs a week. Um, so best of luck to our European friends. You know, we really do need everyone um, to be doing well in this vaccine rollout. Um, and I hope you enjoyed that interview with Felipe and I will see you next week.